Hello and welcome to episode five of the Infinite Improvement Podcast with myself, Coach Christo, and of course, Coach Andres. Today, we're going to answer a couple questions that we got from players on social media. Um, so it'll be a little bit of a different uh, episode, uh, but hopefully an interesting one. Um, so we're going to start with a question um, that I got on Instagram. Um, the, so the question is, uh, hey, man, I have a quick question. I have a big trial coming up, but I'm scared not to be picked or play bad. Any tips? So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of I'll, I can take the lead on this one uh, just to start with um, and talk a little bit about, you know, my experience with with trials and stuff. Um, so I think the the, the biggest thing um, to to bring up is that. Obviously, trials can be stressful experiences. Um, it's something a little bit different um, than you know just going and, and playing in a regular game. Um, but you really, re you really shouldn't treat it that way. I think the biggest mistake you can make is going into a trial um, expecting the worst or being very, uh, very scared or very afraid. Trust me, there is always another trial. There's always another opportunity to impress as long as you don't give up and you keep going. I've been to, honestly, you know, 40, 50, 50 trials, maybe more than that, if I'm including like, you know, times where I went myself to a team uh, and it was kind of like an individual trial with that team. Uh, but I've been to so many trials. I've played well at some. I've played horribly at some. I've played okay at a bunch of them. Um, the And it really is the big, the biggest mistake you can think is uh, is going into the mindset of this is it. If I don't succeed here, it's all over. That's not the case at all. Um, you know, you just need to go in. And I think the biggest thing is treat it like another training session, another game that you want to perform really, really well in. Um, because the, the most important thing that coaches look for is players who can help their team be successful. So, you know, everything that you do at your own team training sessions to help your team succeed, anything you do in games to help your team succeed, those are the things coaches want to see. And, you know, it's, it's even the stuff, uh, you know, off, off the field. Um, I remember one thing that I used to do once I had grown up a little bit and I wasn't so nervous uh, going to trials, but I would make sure every time I went to, whether it was an open trial or whether I was, you know, going to a team for, for a trial, um, I would, you know, take initiative in, in the session, but before the session even started. So I'd make sure I got there early, obviously make sure I was ready to go. If it was an open trial. I'd organize players into like a little rondo um, so that we could play and warm up a little bit, or even just grab a partner and do some juggling or some passing or something um, or some sort of dynamic warm or something that we, we do all together. Um, or uh, if it was a, you know, a, a team trial, I'd make sure to, if players were playing soccer tennis before the, the training session or playing or in a rondo or something, I'd make sure to hop in there um, with them uh, because I think that that stuff matters a lot. Yeah. Um, the, the players that you're playing with, getting to know them and stuff. Uh, I know it can be a really intimidating, um, you know, situation you go in and there's 20 people that you've never met and they all know each other. Maybe if it's, if you're just going into a team Um but if, if you just, I find if, if you just like hop right in, treat it like a normal training session or a normal game, that's really the mindset you want to go into it with. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I, I think first of all, it's, 
it's a wonderful question because as simple as it is, I think it's something that every single player to some degree feels. Um, so first is, is knowing that um, no matter, no matter who you are um, it's a question that's been asked by pr- pretty much every, every professional player now probably felt that. Um, and, and they probably didn't have the courage to, to approach um, this, this question to themselves or bring it to somebody. Um, but, but going from there, I think, um, I mean, there's, there's a, a few practical things um, that the player can do, and, and you pointed out several of them. Um, I think also understanding where the question is coming from um, will help the player understand what he or she is that, that they're feeling. Um, I think we, we gravitate to wanting to – we gravitate to, to creating fear towards things that are unknown. Um, and so you you know that you're going to go to the trial, but you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Um, and so one one practical thing that I like to when my play when players that I work with um, have some sort of fear of the uncertainty is just just write it down and 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 okay okay I'm going to the trial, and then what are things that I can control, and what are things that I can't control in this trial? And so just make a list of those, um, and then um, for example, can I control how vocal I am? Um, can I control, um, how, how, um, how my work ethic is? Can I control, uh, how I look at myself when I make a mistake? Um, because you probably will make a couple of mistakes. Um, and then, so make a list of the things that you can, you have control of. And then the things that you don't, um, you might not have control how many times you get the ball from a teammate. Um, you might not have control whether you make it or not in that trial. Um, and so once you create a, a good, uh, those two lists, then focus completely on the ones that you can control because no matter what you do, the other ones are, are irrelevant. Um, and, and I think um, it doesn't remove the fact that you don't know what's going to come out, but it actually gauges you towards what are practical things. And I feel that when we see things that we can actually influence, then the fear starts to, to, to leave a little bit. Um, so I think, I think those are practical things um, approaching the tryout. Uh, one other thing that I, there was a player, um, you know, you know, Luke, um, yeah. he was going to go try out uh, at a high school that is connected with, um, I think, uh, MLS program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we spoke before he went and I said, OK, Luke, let's do this. Pick two things that when you leave, you want them to think of when they think of Luke. So when they're going through the papers and, and like, okay, this player was here and they see Luke, what are two things um, that you would like for them to come to mind um, after that weekend? And he said, um, he said confidence and uh, work ethic. And so now we just start from there. So uh, now let's just make a list of, cause those are the big broad ones. Let's make a list of what this looks like on the field. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so what does confidence look like? It, and obviously he's very confident on the ball with the dribbling. Um, but I would say when you lose the ball, can you show confidence um, and, and being able to just get right back into the play, ask for the ball again? Can you show confidence by helping people um, talking maybe like, where is the space? Where can I defend? Um, and, and being vocal during that um training session, scrimmage, whatever it may be. Um, and so being able to not just pick confidence and work ethic, um, but knowing what are the practical things that I have to do and that I can do and that I know how to do. For example, the work ethic, we have the um, we have this four-second rule in our team that when we lose the ball, you have four seconds to just put pressure right back onto that player that's closest to you. And so I was like, okay, that's a that's 
an expression of work ethic? Can you remember um, the four second rule in these moments? Um, and again, so I think it's more of building this um, this list of things that you know how to do and that you know you can do. And that regardless of whether it's a tryout, it's a scrimmage, it's a pickup, whatever it may be, you can incorporate these. And I think these will give you um, a little bit more of uh, composure as you're approaching this. Um, and then I guess to the uncertainty side, um, there's a whole other <laughs> uh, yeah. ways that we can look into it because um, you you can't forget that regardless of what the title of what that those 90 minutes are a game scrimmage um one-on-one session um trial champions league final it's a game <laughs> and 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 you enjoy it and it's and you have decided to be there nobody's forcing you to be there and if it's that much pressure then maybe step off and you're not ready for it um but being able to identify okay this is a game of soccer is is as enjoy enjoyable as pickup as training with my friends and i have decided to come here um but I, th- I think I think it's easier to just for for a practical uh, approach. If your trial is this weekend, make those two lists. Focus on on what you know how to do and what you can control, um, and pick a couple of things that when you leave you want them to remember you as. Um, so yeah, so I think that's what I how I would approach that. Yeah, I love that. I love. I think writing stuff down is so so helpful. I have a, a strategy I use with players sometimes. It's just like ask them, "What are you afraid of?" And have them write it down because seeing stuff written down is can be like very, very powerful, right? Because I feel like thoughts have a lot of power because they're kind of like that, like unknown thing. Um, And obviously, like, you know, if I think like I'm a bad player, that that can it can be a powerful thought. But if I write down on a piece of paper, I'm afraid that I'm a bad player. It just looks ridiculous. You know, like I'm not a bad player. I know that. So, you know, I, I think that um, uh, writing stuff down is can be very, very powerful. I also like picking, like focusing on a few things because I feel like a lot of players, you know, go into situations and they're focusing on like, you know, 10 or 20 different things. Uh, you know, I want them to think I'm a good dribbler. I think I want them to think I'm, you know, uh, whatever, whatever else it is. Um, and it's just too much, right? You pick a couple things, a couple broad things that can, you can kind of like go from there and kind of encompass a lot of things. I love that the two things that he picked, did he pick those by himself or did you help him? Oh, he picked them by himself. He picked them by uh, himself. No, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I was like, well, there's a lot and you're going to get yeah. one too. Um, yeah. And then he, he's brilliant just yeah. off, off the pitch. But um, yeah. what was I going to add? Um, Oh, yeah. And then the other thing that I, in this situation, because um, not only was it was a trial where um, it was on the field, but they would also have some sort of tours. Um, I mean, you can also find a way to incorporate this like water breaks or in um, at, at the beginning of the session, at the end of the session. Um, also pick some sort of things that you want to be remember as um, as a person person. And, yeah. Like ask questions. If you're funny, be funny. Um, and make make some sort of connection with the humans around there so that when they look back at the name not only the okay he has work ethic and he was confident on the on the field oh he asked a lot of questions in the tour oh he's kind of funny oh he's and so like it's just adding to the character and and whether um they end up taking you or not at least you gave them a better picture of who you are yeah no that yeah that's great and like i think i love i love those um 
Um, I have a little, a uh, little bit of a funny story about that. Um, actually, one of my more, uh, more funny trials. But first, I just want to, um, the like focusing on effort and confidence. Also, I want to just mention that those are things that you can control, right? Like effort, you can always put in the effort. Um, there's like as long as you're you know, fit and, you know, you don't have any injuries or anything, you can always work hard. Uh, and, you know, as you know, one, one of my coaches said, like, if you have two legs and you can run around for me, then you're going to at the end of the game, I might not give you a 10 out of 10, but I'll give you a five out of 10 if you work hard. Um, and then the, the confidence thing, I think confidence is a tough one because I feel like it's something that a lot of people think they can't control. Right. But like, imagine like you're, you're in a game um, I, a lot of players, I feel like make decisions out of a lack of confidence. So like they're in that one V one situation and they pass backwards, yeah. even though, you know, taking the one V one is a better option, but like you're in control of that. You get to decide whether you make those decisions out of confidence or out of fear. Right. Um, you get to decide if after a mistake, you think about that mistake and start and let that mistake affect how you play. Cause I see a lot of players like they won't play well for the first 10 minutes of a game. They'll make a couple mistakes and then that game's over for them. They yeah. never recover from those first 10 minutes, yeah. which is, it could be like, I understand that that can be difficult, but yeah. 10 minutes hasn't changed you as a player. You're still the same player. Don't let a few mistakes start affecting your decision-making. Obviously you have to play smart, right. And play against the players you're playing against. Um, but, but don't let, don't let, uh, like 10 minutes make you feel like, Oh, I, I, I can't take any one V ones. I can't shoot because I, my shooting is off today or something. No, you'll find it. You just need to keep making good decisions and you have control over that. And that's what kind of displays, um, confidence. Yeah. I think the, the players at the highest level, in in um well the best players in any level i think master short time memory in the middle of performances um because if if you dwell even uh, even when you have good moments if you're if you're really confident about those good moments then you might start playing bad so i think um if 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 anybody's taking notes or anybody's is is going to use this for a child remember I got to have short time memory for these 90 minutes, um, whether it's a bad thing that happened or something extraordinary that happens. How can I stay a little bit more stable um, throughout throughout the, the trial? Yeah, 100 um, percent. And then my 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 trial story is a little bit uh, funny because you're talking about like, you know, how you are as, as a person as well. Um, so I went to a trial. I had been playing for for an academy in Greece um, for a couple of years, but um I, I grew up in the States um, and my family had been back and forth a bit. Um, so I spoke Greek, but I was still, I was like a lot less confident speaking Greek than I was speaking English. And I know, um, you know, I, I would get, you know, made fun of sometimes when I would like say something wrong, um, you know, or yeah, use the wrong word or something. So going into a trial, I was, that was like an added thing that I was very nervous about. Um, I was like, uh, I don't want them to know that I'm like, you know, sometimes I make mistakes when I'm like very basic mistakes when I'm speaking the language. Um, so I was like, all right, but like, I was so nervous. I didn't talk. I didn't talk at all. Um, I like, I may have said a few words, but I, I almost did not talk the whole trial. And that the next morning, actually, 
because I had been, I had been playing for a certain coach. He had sent me to the trial um, and the, and he knew the other coach very, very well, they had played together a long time ago. Um, and apparently the coach from the team that I had tried out for had called the other coach that night and said, uh, because I had actually gone with, with another player as well. So there's two players trialing and the other player who trialed went after the, I, I like, you know, grabbed my stuff you know, and, and took off um, and was like, okay, you know, let me know. Um, the other player had had like a 10, 15 minute conversation with the coach asking like, oh, will I get playing time? Will like, you know, what do you think of me as a player? And that coach called my coach that night and he was like, I had two players come and try out. And it could not be more different. One of them, you know, came in, didn't talk to anybody. He, he was so confident, like he didn't need it to do anything. He was just like so chill and relaxed and, you know, um, just came in, did his job and, and took off. And the other player, you know, w- was wanting to talk to me after the trial, find out like what I thought about him and stuff. And, um, and he was like, one of them was so confident. And the other one obviously doesn't believe in himself. Um, and uh, and and the, my coach called me the next day and told me. Uh, and he was like, "Yeah, coach thinks you're you're a manga. You're a like you're a tough guy." Um, and, and it was just so funny um, because it, you know it's it's just like uh, it's crazy. Like even if you don't believe in yourself, the impression that you can give to other people. And I wasn't trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying like, go to a trial and don't talk. Yeah. Um, but, but like uh, it worked in my situation, just like, even if you're not very confident in yourself, act a certain way and you yeah. can almost trick yourself into yeah. becoming, yeah. you know, that thing. No, that's such a good, that's such a good story because um, also like the, the, the bad part about talking too much is that you may ask the wrong questions. And so it's not necessarily, um, to show who you are or how you are, the, the solution is not to, to, to talk. Um, it, it's almost like, can you find a way to understand the people around you? And, and you may be showing more insecurity when you talk. Even, and uh-huh. It doesn't like at the end of the day, we don't, we, we can't really tell who's more confident or not, but just by these actions that you guys gave, you perceive that as being the more confident one. And so um, it's almost like, can you choose can you choose the character you're going to be yeah. in the minutes, um, whether it's the quiet one or whether it's the one that asks a lot of questions, but knowing that what is this character going to be describe us? And if, if you have chosen confidence, the last thing you want to do is go ask, am I going to make it? Am I going to Yeah, exactly. Um, like or, yeah, go ahead. this, there are like, there are good ways to talk and, and bad yes. ways to talk. And I'm not saying like, go to a trial and like <laughs> put some tape over your mouth and don't talk or something. But like, um, you know, you want to give a certain, that's better than asking the, the bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to give like a certain impression of yourself and obviously you want to be true to yourself, but like this, we're all, we all have like so much, like so many different things make up who we are, who are you going to be when you go to a trial? It's different than who you're going to be playing with a coach and players that you've known your whole, you know, your whole life, right? Like, and kind of like just ex- accepting that um, while also going it, into it with the mindset that it's just another training session, it's just another game um, is, is kind of, I, I think it can be um, super helpful. Um, and also just to like finish up on trials, trials are so, so, so important. Almost every professional player 
is often there because at some point they went to a trial and they succeeded, right? Like, so if you have a lot of trouble, um, you know, going to trials and feeling very, very nervous, then that's something you need to work on because most players, they're not getting scouted. Like, you know, most players uh, aren't getting signed before someone's seen you play. Someone will come see you play or invite you to train with a team before, you know, anything else happens. Trials are just so, so, so important. And, and all, and most of those players who, who have attended trials and made it, I'm sure they've attended plenty and, and have been failed. Prepared. So they're, it's, it's almost like when you're afraid of, of what the outcome is going to be, you actually know the outcome. There's two. You make it or you don't make it. And that's yeah. it. You know, and just going from there. And if you don't make it, then there will be another trial. And if you make it, then you pursue that if you want that pathway. So I, yeah. I guess it all, it almost fractures the uncertainty um, when, when you're stepping in. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think we're ready to move on to question two. Um, so I'll read it out. And then Andres will take the lead on this one. Hey. I have a problem in my playing that I would like to improve, and I think it'd be smart to ask you for help. Often, I'm the best player in the field and always do the most assisting and creating opportunities for my teammates. But as myself, I never come to goal-scoring chances and scoring goals. It's frustrating, and my coach says that maybe everyone isn't a goal-scorer. But it will, uh, but it will come with time for me because I'm always the best player uh, beyond goal-scoring. I know scoring goals isn't all uh, isn't at all the most important thing for me if I'm making my team score goals, but I would want to improve. Uh, but I want to improve it a lot. So I think maybe I need to train how to be in the right position to to get chances to score. Uh, I would like your feedback. Yeah. Well, there's a lot in this. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think the the first the first thing it would be more of. Why, why is it triggering you to, why do you have this desire to score more goals? Um, just from, from, the, from the message, it, it seems that he's confident in, in, in the importance of his role in, in the team. Um, and he's looking for another significant way, which is scoring goals. My question would be, why are you focused on scoring more goals and not preventing more goals? Um, just to kind of understand where this question is coming from um, and what, why is there this, this strong desire to do more than you already do, given that you already feel like you're the best. Um, and so with that being said, I think, I think a better approach to his current situation would be to um, understand why it is that he's looking for more goals equivalent to what he's missing. Because I would argue that preventing goals can be another one that's very important. It's just a little bit less seen. Um, if I'm assuming he's an attacking player, so I, I wonder why why don't we try to also improve how to pressure in the right ways um, or it, go look at the statistics. If you're looking at the statistics of how many goals you score per per um, per session, look at the statistics. How many goals does your team give up per session, per drill? Um, and can you decrease those two? Um, and I know I'm not solving his question on scoring goals, but I think there's a deeper question that he should ask because I, I don't think that him scoring more goals will take him to the next level. Um, it, and, and so I don't think that, that him being already a good player, he could be wasting energy or, or um, skill set or problem solving skills in, in an area of the game that is very important, but is not the only 
part of the game. Um, and um, and I guess it, it would be good to know what position he is, but um, to kind of gauge how, how we can help him score more goals. But my initial honest answer to that is um, if, if, if you actually want to become better on the field, um, already being the best player on the field, understand why it is that you're choosing goals and not maybe preventing goals or maybe pass accuracy or all these other details. Um, because I think that will give him a better answer to himself um, as he's, as he's continuing to develop. And the other thing is if it's sometimes when it's too clear, and I know, I, I hope you balance this answer out, Crystal, cause I'm, I'm uh-huh. I don't know that he'll enjoy my answer. Um, but if, if, if it's that clear that you're, that you're the best player in that team, I wonder if, if you need to go into a better team. And, and I say that because even when you when you think about your goal scoring chances, maybe you're in a team that isn't as good as you to help you be in goal scoring situations the way that you help others be in goal scoring situations. So you might also be lacking a creative player by your side that will put make your life easier in scoring goals. Um, and so I think evaluating all of these will help you come to the to a better answer. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I, I'm not answering your actual question as to how can I put the ball in the net more, um, which it's important, but I think I want to help you um, as a whole player. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, and I'm probably not going to balance out your, uh, your answer too much. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're getting answers to questions uh, and you like like, you really, really like the answers, you probably didn't need to ask the question. Right. So like, <laughs> You know, tough, tough questions require tough answers sometimes um, or answers you don't you don't particularly like. Um, I think that I have scoring goals seems like this uh, this kind of like magical thing almost sometimes. Um, And it's something that like a lot of players say like, oh, you know, I'm a striker and I haven't scored in 10 games. And all of a sudden, like, you know, it feels like I can't score like this is like block, like I'm never going to score another goal. Um, that is in your mind, right? It's completely in your mind. There's nothing special about putting the ball in the back of the net as opposed to like, put like passing the ball to a teammate or, you know, wherever else you're going to put it on the field, um, uh, when, when you're playing, right? Like there's nothing like magical about that. Yeah. There's a keeper in the way, but you know, um, and I think a lot of players, um, the reason that they, start to think like, Oh, I can't score. Or, um, I, I'm not giving myself chances to score. I'll never score another goal. Um, is because they build, they like, they build up what, what scoring a goal is. Um, and it's, it's not anything crazy. You're, you're putting the ball in the net. That's, that's literally all you're doing. Um, and, the only, the only reason that you're going to make that into something that's like way more like mystical and like harder to achieve than it is, is by thinking that it is. Um, so if you feel like you're struggling to score, my advice is always stop focusing on scoring goals because focusing on scoring goals is going to prevent you from scoring goals. Like so, so I'm so sure on that. Um, it's crazy because um, what you want to focus on is just making good decisions. Um, so, you know, he's talking about putting himself in positions to score. 
if it's the right decision to make a particular run that might give you an opportunity to score, you should be making that run regardless of whether, you know, you're going to end up getting the ball or not. Um, if you're putting yourself in positions to create opportunities for other players to score, you're probably also putting yourself in opportunities or like in positions to score yourself. Um, you know, maybe not all the time, maybe not every assist is given from a position where a player could also score. Um, but a lot of the time they are, um, you know, a lot of the time you have an option to shoot and you have an option to pass. Um, and if you pass and your teammate scores, likely you made the right decision. Um, not always, but it, you know, it's pretty likely. Um, so if, if you kind of, if you try, what I see with a lot of players is they try to, um, they start thinking that doesn't matter if I'm helping the team succeed. Um, I want to score goals myself. And then from those situations where they could shoot or they could, you know, create an opportunity for someone else, they always shoot regardless of whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision. And that makes you a worse player, not a better one. Um, I'm not saying that shooting isn't important, but you know, at the end of the day, what I want a player to do in a particular situation is just pick the the option that they think is the best option. Um, and, and do that option rather than always picking a certain, like if you always dribble, if you always pass, if you always shoot, you're, you're doing something wrong, right? Like obviously we're passing a lot of the time. Uh, we're dribbling less of the time and we're shooting even less of the time, uh, than that probably. But like, if, if you only do one thing, you're, you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. Um, so stop focusing on scoring goals, just focus on playing well. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I told this story before, but you know, uh, one of the best seasons I played as a striker and one of the best seasons I ever had, uh, came right after. Um, me scoring, you know, 25 goals or something in a, in a season. Uh, and the next year, um, uh, it was only half of the season. Um, but I scored like four goals in 20 games. I still think I was playing better then than I was before. And my team was doing better in a better league. So, you know, if I'm not scoring the goals, does it, does it really matter as long as the team's winning, as long as the, as we're like, you know, as long as we're succeeding and we're scoring goals as a team, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. And I think considering, um, well, I guess personally, do you, being honest with yourself, do you want to score the goals or do you want the team, team to succeed? Or yeah, your, your team to succeed, but your team to score the goals. Yeah. At the end of the day, like at this, in the scoreboard, it counts the same whether you score them or whether they score them. But if it's they, it's actually us. Um, and, and so understanding what is the difference between me scoring and them scoring or us scoring. Um, and, and I think that will also help you understand where this question is coming from. Because if you go to, if you go to another team um, and that team increases the amount of goals they scored because you came to this team, but it wasn't you the one scoring these goals, you still made a significant impact. Um, yeah. And so it's more focused on, uh, yeah, goals scoring is one of the most important parts of the game because at the end of the day, you have to score one more goal than the opponent and let let have them score less um and and so it is very important but what's less important is who scores it as long as your team scores it and so i think this player has the capability to on the overall scheme of things increase the amount of goals that his team scores whether it's him or not and i think he's already 
uh, a fundamental part. I wonder if he decides yeah. to do the opposite and try to score more goals on his name than the team. I wonder if the team will start losing more because their goals will decrease more. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good issue to have. If, if you're living this problem as a player um, and it's, it's just understanding um, why, why do you want to score more or, or am I influencing um, the team as a whole as us scoring versus I scoring? Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. It's also a real, a real question that you're not the only one. Um, I don't know the hundred percent. You're not the only one asking yourself that I'm sure defenders are asking themselves the same question. Like, Oh, I wish I was the one who prevented most goals. Like, no, if my team, got less goals scored on, I must have had some sort of influence in here. I don't have to be the one that prevents it um, in, in, in the visible action or in the actual tackle, um, but I'm part of the statistics of us decreasing the score. Um, and it's a, it's a collective game. You can't get away from that. Go play tennis or, or, or golf or ping pong if you, if you want. <laughs> yeah, so something that I always find like really just like, um, I don't know, like heartwarming is like, uh, when you watch like professional games, like so often, like the celebrations, yeah. it's like sometimes you get the person who runs okay. off to the corner flag alone and, you know, does his arms out or whatever. But so often it's like everyone is getting involved in that celebration. Um, and it's it really is a collective thing, which is kind of like perfectly illustrates that that's what the goal was. Right. Yeah. Like the person who put the ball in the back of the net is no more important than the person who passed the ball to him is no more important than the person who won the ball back for the team to start that attack. Um, you know, like it's uh, it's it's a collective thing. And I think like, you know, I, I remember um, I used to do a lot of of, uh, of match analysis. And uh, one of the things um that I was, I was told to like, look at very specifically was goal celebrations or after goals were scored on, on the team, uh, how the team that conceded looked, um, because like that, um, you know, if the team's all celebrating together, like that, that's like, it's such an important thing for a team. You can tell a lot about a team by how they react to being scored on and to, to scoring goals as a team. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just like a, a perfect illustration of the, of the fact that, you know, goals are scored by everyone. And like you said, as long as you're helping the team succeed, who cares who's the one putting the ball in the back of the net? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a big uh, Sterling fan, uh, uh-huh. but uh, I just I, I feel like the seasons that he's had a lot of goals, I'm sure he scored great goals. But I think the majority of his goals are tap-ins because of yeah. the system that they, that they play in. Um, and, and so I, it, I wonder if the stats somebody sometimes don't tell the, the full story. Um, and, and so there, now that there's moments where, like, they, they have more variety of players scoring goals um, in Manchester City, it's almost like he's on and off and he doesn't have a, as big as a role and sometimes he has less minutes. Um but some of the other players are scoring the same goals, like they're tapping. So I, I wonder if it's more of the system that they've created um, to score, because some of their goals are very similar. Um, so was it Sterling? And I'm sure I'm not coming at because with England, he's unbelievable. Um, it's just sometimes with City, because of the system, um, when he does well, I feel like sometimes it's too much towards him. And then when the system puts somebody else in, um, then it feels like he's suffering. Um, 
So, so again, it, I think the, the goal is, the, is, an out, is just the outcome of, of, of the process of whatever the attacking play was. It's just as important as the pass from the goalie to the center back to start the goal. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's, yeah, that's yeah. No, it's a, it's it's one of the one of the beautiful and like frustrating things about soccer is like uh, if if you're playing a sport like baseball, like you can look at stats and they can tell you a story. Oh uh, yeah. If you look at soccer, or or you could do the same thing with like an individual sport, right? Because like the stats that an individual have. They're only influenced by them and their opponents. Whereas in soccer, there's 22 players and they're all influencing, you know, each other's stats. Like, you know, your teammates put you in good positions or bad positions. Your opponents can help you or get in the way of you. And it's, it's impossible to truly separate out the statistics from the, um, like, from the from the player and like um you can't just look at statistics and get a full picture you have to watch games as well um which which can be like frustrating sometimes but like you absolutely have to do that stats do not tell the whole story they can they can tell you some things um and i'm not saying they're not important but they're they're far from the the full picture yeah i agree a good question yeah yeah it was a good question um, so thanks for that. Uh, so next question. Uh, Hey, Christo, uh, I want some advice from a coach like you. I play excellent in training when I play in a match, I'm scared and lack confidence. How can I overcome that? That's so yeah, this is, this is a really common one. Um, and something I struggled with a ton. Uh, I remember I used to have, you know, coaches say that I was like a training player, uh, never play well on, on game day. Um, and it's, uh, it's tough. Um, especially when people are telling you that, um, or when you're telling yourself that, um, it can kind of become like a a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but the, the first thing I'll say is that I think a lot of players think that, um, there are players who play better in games. I think there are a lot of players who themselves think that they play better in games. Um, honestly, playing at a high level, almost everyone plays better in training. I'm not sure if you'll agree with me on this or not. Almost everyone plays better at training than they do in games. Um, I'm not saying you won't get the occasional player who's, uh, who's lazy in, in training uh, and then turns it on for games, but they could play well in training if they wanted to. Uh, and at a high level, there are many less players who, uh, who, are, who are being lazy in their training sessions. Um, and I think that uh, it's not so much that player that certain players play better in games. It's more that almost everyone plays worse, and then some people can handle the pressure and play similarly. So if I asked you who the most clutch athlete is in any sport, let's see if you get uh, if you if you give the give me the answer that I want in any sport, the most clutch athlete, who would you say it is? Jordan. Jordan. Okay. You, you're right. Okay. So whenever I go on and I look like most top 10, most clutch athletes, Jordan is always at the top of that list. Now, Michael Jordan made nine out of 18 winning shots in the like last, last few seconds or something. Yeah. So 50%, his shooting percentage was 50% in the playoffs 
Yeah. It was 50% in the regular season. Yeah. I probably bet it was 50% in his training sessions as well. Yeah. Right. He was not clutch. He was consistent. That's all it was. He did the same thing in every situation. If you gave him a game-winning shot in training, he'd probably nail it 50% of the time. You did it in the, you know, in the NBA playoffs, 50% of the time. It's not like he was making these all the time, but yeah. there wasn't a huge drop-off. And I think for a lot of players, there is a huge drop-off from training to games or from less important games to more important games. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a really good answer. Um, I really like when you break down that it's it's more not of like removing the focus from just you not being able to train well and play well, but it is, it is actually most players play better in, in training or I don't know if better, but okay, so I think I think most players can play at their highest potential in training. Mm-hmm. And that potential is um, distorted in that transition from training to games. And then I do agree that it's the players that can um, express themselves within that pressure. Um, so I, I, that helps me mentally understand because I, I had that I had that issue too because I felt that okay I'm I'm so good in training, but for some reason um, these players can translate it, and I sometimes have have more of a difficulty. Um, but it wasn't necessarily that they were playing worse that training. And then I don't, I don't, I don't know where they're playing better in the games. Yeah. Um, well, I think like it's, it's like, um, especially, and especially like if you go lower and lower levels, like players don't take training seriously and they take games seriously. So obviously they put in more effort at games, they might play better. But I think that like, um, as you get to higher and higher levels, that kind of changes because no one's taking training. Like no one's treating training like a joke. Um, everyone's playing very seriously at training. Um, and then from there, like everyone's putting in the work at training, they're putting in the effort. And maybe there are some players who, uh, like I've played with like very, very good players who maybe took training a little bit, uh, you know, more relaxed. Uh, and then at games, all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, where did, where did this player come from? Uh, but a lot for a lot of the players, you know, tra- they took training in games just as seriously because that's what got them to that level. But then the pressure of games is what kind of affects you and lets you not kind of be yourself uh, on the pitch for those like high pressure situations. Yeah. And I think the personality also influences because there's people that, that perform better under pressure and they actually enjoy the attention and they actually enjoy the uncertainty um and so i'm just gonna assume that that the player asking the question because it was similar to to my situation perhaps doesn't uh thrive in 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 pressure or in game day scenarios um and so i would i would i would give them a, a similar practical approach as what we gave the first question um because I think the uncertainty of, of the arena between training and game day um, increases um, in game day. Uh, because I think one of the reasons that I remember, I was speaking for myself, I, w- I was really, really good in training was because I knew my opponent very well. I knew what he had to give me. Um, I knew who was the best defenders. I knew who was the best attackers. I know I, I had a good idea of, of what was in front of me. Game day, 
there's this idea that like, but what if he's better than me? What if this move doesn't work? What if they read my pass? Um, and so there's this uncertainty of not knowing the qualities of the, the team that you're, you're playing against here. I, I, we were joking about me moving my hands a lot. And now I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you self-conscious. No. Um, so, and so going back to the list, okay, what are the things that I can control coming into this game? Um, and what are the things that I can't control? So you can't control how much better their center back is than your center back um, in your training session. But what are your things that, okay, your work ethic, again, goes, if you if you're pat, if you have some sort of game plan, how can you execute that game plan um, with regards to what you've done that week, your strengths? Okay, I, can, I know that we're looking to, to possess here, to take, him, take us there because that's where they're, they're weaknesses so just these practical things that you already know you stick to that game plan um and and i think again going back to what you're doing without the ball am i am i moving into space that's something that regardless of who's in front of you the space is the same the space doesn't get better worse space is neutral um and then um how how hard you work to get the ball back um and and how much you communicate so all of these things automatically can still make you um have a good game and again then it goes back what are your metrics on game day because if your metrics are only passing percentage goal score tackles one then you're missing a whole bunch of other invisible metrics that are part of the game that when you leave the field it's almost like you're unbalancing yourself in your personal evaluation and you're automatically going to be lower um, because you're only looking at the passing percentage, the goal scoring, as opposed to, okay, I closed the space, somebody else made the tackle, but without me closing the space, this would have happened. So you have to be able to see these things so that, because I then now I'm wondering, are you actually not as good in games than in training? Are you actually doing a lot of things right? You just are not pointing them out to yourself because you're focused on, on the visible part of the game. Um, so, yeah, so I think, again, differentiating, things that I can control, things that I can't control on game day um, and having some sort of game plan as as you approach game day that you know these are things that I know I, I can check off regardless of who's in front of me. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a feeling too. Um, I think understand that it's okay to feel that way, um, that you're not the only player that is easier to... to to play a certain way in training and, and then play the same way or better at, at, at the games. I think I agree with you that probably the higher percentage of players um, have to work really hard to recreate their best version, take it from training to, to, to game. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I think the last thing, I guess, thinking of the Jordan example, like the reality is that in, in sports, you lose more than 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 you actually win, and you can take it from a title to a performance. And and you can say you might you might have less statistically good percentage, um, statistically good performances than not. And if you think of Brady of of Michael Jordan, if you take their entire I don't know how many years they've played, they've lost more seasons than they actually won the ring or the title. And so the, the guys that are that have won the most automatically are already at less than 50% that they will win the next year. And so yeah. that puts us at, at us like, okay, um, my percentage might be less than uh, half in, in 
translating to a successful season, a successful uh, game day um, and being okay with that because there's so many variables outside of us in, in, in sports. Um, you could have an amazing game, hit the crossbar five times, you get scored on, you lose one zero. You cannot go home and say we sucked. Um, yeah. You know? um, you're sucking the joy out of it. And, 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 and so, yeah, so I think being able to control those, those feelings and emotions, having more realistic metrics, um, will help but again very real question that yeah there's so many different like ways to to be successful it's not like success isn't just you know ending up with with the title right success could be you know uh playing well getting as far as you think you you could or like you know getting further than you thought you would um becoming a better player yourself there's so many you know different ways to to kind of gauge that um i also think like um it's uh it's, it's like um this player says in their question i play excellent in training so rather than looking at it as i have a problem and you look at it as i've taken the first step right would you rather play horrible in training and play horrible in games because then you're like consistent no you're halfway yeah there. yeah exactly you're halfway there you figured out the training part and obviously games for me and for a lot of people are harder but you have taken the first step now we just need to get you, uh, get you to take the second step. Um, so it's not, it's not like a hopeless situation. It's not like you have this like huge problem. You have, you know, you're dealing with something that a lot of players deal with. Um, and you know, and you've, you've already taken, you know, one step towards solving that problem. Um, so I'll give like a couple quick strategies, but before that, I just want to say like, um, uh, where I start with a lot of players, cause a lot of players come to me and they're very like in a very bad place. Um, and I was, I, I, I can relate to them because I was in a very bad place at one point, you know, thinking that I was a horrible player because I could never play well in games. You know, I would like be extremely stressed going into games and stuff. Um, and I played so many games where I was never myself. I never played like I knew I could. Um, and like, that was literally the, the worst thing that I could have done um, was play within myself and not, um, not like just be, be true to myself because I played badly. Even if I was like, you know, avoiding making tons of mistakes and stuff because I wasn't taking a lot of risk. Um, it was like, I, I was a shadow of the player that I could have been. So like, what's the worst that could happen if you, if you just play like yourself, if you trust yourself to make decisions, uh, you trust yourself to take players on in one V ones to, you know, try to make, you know, penetrating passes to, to shoot. Like what's the worst that could happen. You could mess up every time. All right. But if you don't even try, if you just play like, uh, like just another, you know, player who will pick the, the safe option every single time, you always pass the ball backwards, always pass the ball sideways, whatever it is like, um, like you're, it's the same thing anyway. Yeah. Right. Like, you, you have to, you have to start trusting yourself and whether you mess up or not, keep trusting yourself. And eventually you'll start to figure these things out. Um, you know, but you can't, you can't like hide, you can't yeah. like not step up and expect things to get better. Uh, you have to make that change. It has to come from you. And, uh, a couple like really like quick strategies. So I've, I've talked about, um, doing, um, 
you know, stuff, stuff off the pitch you can do. Um, I, I love like journaling, like you were talking about writing down lists and, and coming up with, uh, you know, uh, things you control, things you can't. I talked about writing down your fears um, and seeing them down on a, on a piece of paper can be a very powerful thing. So like journaling, little activities like that can be super, super helpful. Also a big fan of, um, you know, meditation, whether you do that with music, whether you do that with breathing techniques, uh, guided meditations, um, and, um, and th those are some strategies off the field on the field. I like the, the two things that I use, uh, depending on the player, um, is like, obviously on the field, you have to play, so you can't be, you know, focused on the internal stuff all the time, but you do get chances to, and especially if you start thinking a lot of negative thoughts, um, I either have players sing or hum or whistle a tune in their head or out loud. Um, I whistle out loud and look like an idiot, but you know, who cares? Um, so, um, and, and do that. And I find it's like, it's almost impossible to think like I'm a bad player. What's going to happen next time I get the ball and worry about things while you're also singing, you know, a, a song in your head or humming or whistling. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Um, and I know it sounds like the, you know, so, so silly, but like little distraction from those negative thoughts, that's often all you need. Um, and then for players who don't like that strategy or don't find it very helpful, I like just like a, a mental reset. So, you know, when you get a chance, ball goes out of play, you have five seconds, close your eyes, take a deep breath, open your eyes. I am an incredible player. I'm a great player. Say something to yourself. That's like a phrase that like is powerful to you. Um, so for me, it's, it's usually uh, like just very simple. Like I'm an incredible player um, just to like, you know, clear your mind. And then the first thing in your mind is I'm a great player. So, you know, next time I get the ball or, you know, even when my movement off the ball, I'm going to show that now. Yeah. Um, so those are two, two little things that I have to use for. Um, players. So I think we can move on to the final question, um, which is the one that I had the, the most uh, difficulty um, like coming up with an answer for, because I think there's like a straightforward answer and there's also um, some, uh, some other things. Um, so I don't know why, but every game that I have a great first half, the second half is much worse. Do you have any tips? Wow. Um, we could go so many directions. Um, I know. But I, one thing that I liked from your previous answer was you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it could be worse. You could have a really bad full game. Um, which leads me to wonder if you have a bad first half, do you ever have a good second half to that person? Um, so it's just another question that they can maybe evaluate. I'm assuming they don't have a hundred percent good first halves. Um, so just, just seeing how that plays out. Um, the other part, I mean, the rule say is 90 minutes. The rule says is two halves with a half time. Um, but I don't know that like, we agree to it, but I, you got to see it as a whole game. First of all, um, going back to that short time, short term memory, um, take it 10 minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time. And I think one thing that can help is connecting the, the both halves. So that halftime is part of the 90 minutes, which I guess takes you to like 105 minutes. But but what am I doing in these? 15 minutes or whatever amount of time you have in this halftime that is continuing this feeling that I'm doing really well, whether it's 
hydrating? Like, am I, am I drinking enough water or not too much water? Am I breathing well? Am I listening to the coach? Am I talking to my teammates on what I thought went wrong or what I thought or asking them, what could I have done better so that you're actually playing for though, for that bridge. Um, and once you get to the other side, which is the second half, you haven't missed a beat or you haven't detached. Um, so I think, again, it, it's a mental game because if you can put one half together, unless fitness is part of the issue, which yeah. could be, um, you should be able to recreate some sort of uh, similar. And and you all will, you will always um, have some sort of, you can always say, oh, my first half was a little bit better. My second one was better. But it, there shouldn't be that big of a, of a gap. Um, I think it's just how to mentally fracture this idea of time in 245s and then a gap in the middle. It's actually a full moment. And I like to look at life, but it, all the things that I do in moments. Um, and so taking it one whole moment and what are these fractures? And like even when you say um, players that need to switch on and like, in a foul or a throwing or a substitution. These are also things that when I work with players, I'll try to tell them like even fitness, like we're not running for 90 minutes. You have these intervals, a corner kick, a substitution, the referee fighting with the, with somebody. Um, these are intervals in which if you can get your lungs back in, in, in 35 seconds and 45 seconds, as opposed to when, when you go and, and work on your fitness, you're doing sprints and how, how long can I last in these sprints as opposed to like, oh, how quick can I recover? Um, and so it's the same idea. So um, when, when you're having a really good half, you, you might be evaluating yourself um, too much at that gap in the first half as opposed to I'm still going. How can I um, use this gap in a way that's going to help me continue to keep going? And tactical questions, like I said, talking to your teammates, all these little things that um, – you're still in the middle of a game, um, even though you're not in that halftime. Um, but yeah, I think I think starting from the fact that you can put one half together and and if also the fitness one is is a real one because if, if it's just that, you're just fitness away from putting a whole game together. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's where I would take it. Yeah, it's it's funny. We have two questions in a row where they're looking at the uh, the glass half, uh, half empty rather yeah. than half full. Right. Um, yeah, I think whenever I hear I have issues with consistency, I think of two things. So it's either fitness or it's something to do with the mental side of the game. So I'll go, I'll do, I'll do the mental side of the game first. Cause that's more interesting to me. So I wonder, um, now I'm going to take the player at, at their word here that they play well in a lot of first halves and not well in second in second um in the second half uh because i'm assuming that's why they would have you know asked a question like that um but obviously you know uh it's it's often tough to know exactly how you play um and if the difference isn't like massive a lot of the time like i'll be done with the game and i won't be sure like you know did did i did i play really well did i did i not play well you know it's it's sometimes tough to know um, like I'll, I've had player, I've had people tell me like, oh my God, you played so well. And I was like, really? I thought I played horribly. Um, or I thought I played like just okay or something. Um, but if that first half was like 10 minutes longer, say, would you still be the same player for those extra 10 minutes? Like, let's say there was no halftime and you just played like, um, I don't know how old this player is, but like, maybe they're playing like 40 minute halves or something. Let's say we 
had them just play 60 minutes in a row. Would that, would they play like the first half the whole time? And that would tell me a lot, like, you know, is it, is it a fitness issue or is it maybe not a fitness issue? Um, but if they play the same for those, you know, even if we extended the first half a little bit, um, that'll tell me that it's probably something to do with what becomes in between first half and the second half, which is halftime, right? So a lot of the time, there's a big difference between like the 15 minutes before a game and then the 15 minutes in the middle of a game. So, you know, your preparation before the game and then your preparation for, for the second half. Um, so I know like when w- one thing that I, I don't, I don't love um, like uh, the, obviously you need to like sit down and, and chill if you've just played 45 minutes. Um, but I was always someone in the locker room who I, I didn't like just like sitting for 15 minutes and, and just like, like not moving, not like, I don't know. I was, I was very like an active person in the locker room. Um, I would, uh, you know, I'd be like up on my feet a lot, talking to other people, moving around, um, not doing anything like, you know, I'm not going to like do jumping jacks or like, like run in place or something. Um, but just, I think being active, um, is, is really important. You talked about like stoppages in the game. Um, it's, I think it's very, a lot of players for a lot of players is very easy to like, um, uh, once you're in that mindset of like, you're playing, like everything's happening around you. It's hard to like, you don't really think a lot of negative things because you're doing stuff. It's hard to think while you're also doing other things. Uh, but when you stop when the ball goes out of play, or when there's a free kick or something. And this is why I have a lot of respect for um, people who uh, like elite, like golfers, because if you think about it, every single time you're doing anything in golf, it's like you have so much time to think before. And I would just drive myself crazy with that, right? Like I like a sport where I'm playing the whole time. Like, I don't have to stop and think I'm just doing, I'm, I'm here, I'm there, I'm, you know, getting the ball, I'm passing, I'm moving, I'm uh, shooting, whatever it is. Um, but in a sport like golf, like, ooh, the, yeah. I can't imagine the pressure. Um, maybe that's why I'm, I'm horrible at golf. Um, but um, yeah, so like when you, you play that first half through, probably had a good preparation, sounds like, and then at halftime, you have 15 minutes. What are you doing in those 15 minutes? What do you do the 15 minutes before you play? Obviously you can't control everything because the coach is going to be talking to you, telling you things, but like, do you have a couple, like, do you put on a song before, before you're playing, you know, listen to, to hype you up? Do you close your eyes and like, imagine how you're going to play? Do you, you know, talk to yourself at all? Do you like say like, you know, why do you go through things that you can control in your mind before the, before the game? Now I know it's tough, like after you've played a whole half to like sit down and do these little things that maybe you do before the game. But if you're having a huge drop off in your second half performance, then what you do in those 15 minutes, that might matter a lot for you. Um, For some players, it might not matter, but for you, it seems like it does. So take care of those little things that you do in between, uh, whether it's listening to a song, if you have the chance, obviously, whether it's, um, you know, doing a little bit of self-talk, hyping yourself up, um, whatever, whether it's just talking to your teammates, 
um, and, you know, relaxing the locker room and, and, and doing all of that stuff. And then just really quick to touch on fitness because, you know, uh, I, I think like I, almost, I very rarely do like fitness work at like actual team sessions and stuff. The best fitness is fitness is playing more. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I hate like running laps and like doing that. I would like, I remember I had coaches who had me run laps for warmups. I was like, grab a ball and get into a small sided game or something. That's so much better for you. And you get, get touches and stuff. Um, so the best fitness is playing. If you need to do some fitness work on your own, then you need to do some fitness work on your own interval running, high intensity interval training. If you can't play in a lot of games, that stuff can be really, really important. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, fitness affects almost everything. Like when you're tired, your touch is worse, your decision making is worse. And it's silly to think like that. I think there's like, there's like two spectrums where like fitness is everything fitness is nothing. And it's so silly to be in either one of those camps. Like it's obviously, you know, somewhere in the, somewhere in the middle, right? Like fitness affects how you play. You have to play for 90 minutes. If you're not fit, you're not going to be able to do that. But you know, the other things are more important and it's fitness that lets you show how good of a player you are, but you need that fitness to be able to do that. Yep. No, that's good. That's good. I think, um, it goes back to being honest to yourself um, because it could easily, you could easily start blaming others um, or even blaming yourself unjust um, and evaluating the the entire picture. Um, But, um, but yeah. And then the last thing would just be, um, I think there's something you talk about a lot is just how you approach it. Like once you're at half and you know, you've had an outstanding first half um, it's up to you to be thinking, damn, I normally have a bad second half. Like, what if you just go and mess with your brain and say, I'm about to have the best first, second half I've ever had, even if it's for the or, first half ever. Or, or even game hasn't started yet. This is the first half. Yeah. You know, you could, you can, your mind is, you know, a powerful, powerful thing and you can either use it, yeah. you know, as a, as a great weapon, or it can be, you know, something that works against you. And eventually you'll hit it where, okay, I played. And, and I think also breaking it down, like, let me not have a good second half. Let me have a good first 10 minutes of the second half. Yeah. And now when you go back, like, you're like, oh, okay, I had a good first half and a good first 10 minutes. Let's go with 15 in the second half. So little steps to, to put in a full game together. Um, and sometimes you're not going to put even the first half together. Um, maybe your first, your best portion of the game is going to be halftime. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think all the players who've asked these questions, um, I think it shows a desire to to be a better version and to uh, complete this um, uh, wholesome or, or this this soccer player that can help the team and themselves um, as long as possible for for whatever time you guys they play with regards to the age. But um, but yeah, um, really really good questions. And actually, it was it was it was really enjoyable to try to understand where they're coming from and actually give them practical. I hope, I hope these players um, are able to, I don't know if we can tag them or, or you can maybe. Get I'm going to, yeah, I have them all in, they were all Instagram DMs. So I'm going to, I'm going to DM the messages to them or the the podcast to them and say, you know, here, I answered your question or we answered your question, a podcast. Something cool would be if, if you watch the podcast, um, 
today we took a little bit of a different structure and maybe comments like which structure yeah. is more helpful which structure do you enjoy more do you enjoy both of them so should we keep balance them in that in that manner um and it would it would help us help you guys more um 100 time with with us here but um but yeah yeah all right awesome well that uh that's gonna wrap it up um for episode five of the infinite improvement podcast um put links to social media in the description obviously we're on uh you know my youtube channel coach christo then we're also on um apple Podcasts, spotify and amazon um podcasts or whatever amazon calls their podcast session i had a podcast oh wow yeah um so yeah thanks for watching um and we'll talk to you next time all right see you guys